1: What is going on folks back at it again with a 20th and Blake podcast part of milehighsports.com I'm your host Luke Zalman and we are going to give a little Rockies update through a fourth of the season We're not going to give quite a report card um, Just quite where the top players stand where maybe some players have disappointed so far And then kind of the team's biggest weakness right now, which you may be able to guess um, But I'll save it for later um, right now, the record for the Rockies: nineteen and twenty-one through the game's first forty games. Um, run differentials negative five. They're fourth in the NL West. Six and a half out of first. Um, it's been it's been okay early in the year. They start really, really terribly. Their worst start in franchise history, and now they've kind of turned it around. Their offense has really turned it around. The starting rotation has taken a step back, so they've kind of juxtaposed their early season results and kind of changed the type of team they are they've changed back to this almost this blake street bombers reminiscent type team that doesn't have a ton of good pitching but can just hit you know the crud out of the ball and it's it's worked out mediocre for them um they've lost quite a few games that they probably should have won considering how good their offense did um, but they dropped them just because their starting rotation could do nothing. I mean, they've had multiple games where they've scored more than enough runs to win. And if they would have scored that many runs earlier in the season, um, they would have won that game. But they didn't this last time. Um, so right now, their top player overall is probably Nolan Arenado. Um, average is up to 319 once again, 10 home runs already. And a subtle tweak he's had this year, he only has 19 Ks. Uh, that's top five percent of the league in K percentage, and that's in 176 plate appearances. Um, if you look at the exact same time last season through, his, through his first 40 games, um, he was at 31. Uh, so compare that to 19, almost you know, almost subtracted you know, you know half. Um, and he was also at eight home runs through last year's first 40 games, which is kind of crazy to think about because. He went so long without a home run to begin this season. I mean, over 60 at-bats without a home run, and he still is topping what he had last year. Um, so that's working out very well for him. At least his power stroke is starting to come a little bit. And he's swinging more this year overall. If you look at his numbers, his outside the zone, is inside the zone. He's just overall, he's swinging the bat more at pitches. Um, I don't know if he's being less picky, um, but he's, he's swinging at balls outside of the zone you know, a lot more often than he has in the past. And he's making great contact. I mean, he's he's been able to hit those balls outside of the zone, hit them for, you know, base hits. He hasn't I don't believe he's hit more than one or two home runs on an out of the zone pitch, but he still is getting contact, still is getting hits, driving in runs. Um he's on pace once again for thirty seven plus homers, hundred and ten plus RBIs. That'll be the fifth straight year he's done that. I mean I said it at the beginning of the year during his struggles. He's going to put it together. You know what you're going to get from Nolan. Um, Gold glove defense, um, and you're going to get, you know, 37-plus home runs, 110-plus RBIs. And while RBIs are kind of based on the lineup that's around him, um, he was still able to put it all together, um, even when they haven't been good. He's been able to put RBIs um up on the board. So good for him. His uh exit velo and barrels are actually down, which is just, you know, how hard he's hitting the ball. Um but it should I mean it should come back up. There's no injury, there's no, you know, nothing crazy going on. So that should go right back to his career average at the very least. And kind of joining him along those same lines is Trevor Story. He's up to 275 on the year which in this small of a sample size probably isn't as good as it could be, but he has been slumping a little lately. Um, But he's up to nine home runs, eight stolen bases, eight doubles. Um, He's at 42 Ks, which seems like a ton compared to Nolan. Um, But his K percentage is actually a career best right now. Um, His soft contacts at a career low, his hard contacts at a career high. I mean, he's really hitting the ball well this year. Um, Whether that's these new, you know, juiced baseballs that they talk about or whether he's just, you know, starting to put it together. Um, he's still swinging a fewer pitches outside the zone and it's limiting his bad plate appearances this year. You're not having those same appearances like last year where, or even the year before where he goes three strikes done, you know, that's just not what he's doing this year. He's having a lot better plate appearances. Um, and it's working out in their favor because he's normally either hitting two or he's hitting a round cleanup, you know, five spot. And they really need him in those spots. They need him to either get on base and steal a base, which he's been, you know, pretty good at this year, or they need him to drive in runs. And he's been doing both, you know, at a very a very good level this year. Um, listening to the Bron- or the Rockies rod- broadcast the other day, um, it got brought up that he might be their most versatile contributor. And that sounds so weird because everyone is so programmed, Nolan, Nolan, Nolan. But if you look at them two compared to each other, Nolan Arenado might fail in some of the areas that Story comes through. Obviously, Nolan's probably a better fielder. Um, overall hitting, I would probably give the nod to Nolan. Power hitting, mm, probably Nolan. But speed, I mean, it's not even close. Trevor Story brings just an, a huge element of speed. And if he can put together one of these, if he one year was able to go 40 home runs, uh, 25 stolen bases, you know, 50 doubles in a year, he could win an MVP award. I think that he may be quicker with the stolen bases and the type of impact he can make on the base paths. He may be quicker to an MVP award than Nolan. Um, Nolan's finished top, top 10 like four years in a row. Totally get it. But Trevor Story is just on the precipice of that. And he's probably just about to get over that hump and start being, you know, seriously mentioned in those type of conversations. Um, he finished well last year, uh, but overall, I think he's going to start climbing into that top five, just like Nolan. Um, and kind of, kind of, who's been the catalyst for the team um, and those two guys is Charlie Blackman. Um, he's starting to really put it together. He started the year, I believe. 80, 81 straight at bats without a home run. 83 straight at bats without a home run, um, and now he's already up to eight. He had two on Mother's Day. Um, one was an absolute bomb, 464. Just, you know, he's just been on fire. And so his average on the year 305. Last 14 days 381, and last 28 days 365. So this isn't just a small sample size. Um, he's really starting to put you know, together an amazing year. And it reminds me of his 2017 year. I wrote about that on milehighsports.com. And if you look at the numbers, his average is down. It was 331 in that 2017 season. Um But the home runs 37 uh, that 2017 season. And he's looking like he'll hit 33 this year, his on pace numbers. And he's on pace to actually drive in more runs. So he would reset the record for most RBIs by a leadoff hitter. Um, he already holds it, but, you know, he could set it if he's if he meets those on-pace numbers. 121 runs and 209 hits. He's on pace to have almost identical numbers um, to that 2017 season when he just, you know, went off, had that, you know, top 10 MVP finish. Um, and his batting average on balls in play says he's actually due for a little more luck. It's below his career average currently. Um, and I just, I think he's right alongside George Springer is probably the best leadoff hitter in the league. Um, Springer seems to bring a little more power, but Charlie Blackman's going to get on base at a higher clip and he's going to put the ball in play a lot more than Springer. Springer's more of a strikeout guy. Um, so I think, I think it's anyone's guess who's better. Springer probably has a little more speed. Um, Charlie Blackman, you know, he, he just offers a lot of intangibles that I think, you don't get from a lot of leadoff hitters. Um, and he's just been amazing, especially of late. Um, he's been a huge reason why they've been so good. I think in, in their five highest scoring games this year, they've all been in May, um, and he's hitting 429 in those games. So when he's starting to go, um, the whole entire team starts to go. And kind of the only pitcher that has been able to put it together this year has been Herman Marquez, at least in the rotation. Um, in nine starts, 3 4 3 RA um, across 57 and two thirds. Um, and he's the one who started this streak back to 500 for the Rockies. He had that complete game shutout against the Giants. Um, and that was a spark plug for the entire team. They were able to take that and move it forward. And that was kind of what started, you know, turning the tide for them a little bit. Um, I think that he likely is going to finish among the top NL Cy Young contenders multiple times in his career. I don't know if it's going to be this year. Um, at times, he still has looked like he's developing, which is to be expected. I mean, he hasn't been in the league that long. Um, so to think that he'll put it all together right now, um, I mean, it may be a little foolhardy, but he, he will put it together, and I think he will have multiple top 10 NL Cy Young finishes because he just has the stuff. I mean, he used to be a two-pitch pitcher, and that was kind of holding him back, but now he's up to a four-pitch mix, and now he's dominant. I mean, when he can bring forth the type of curveball he has with the slider, um, and then obviously he has that fastball, that mid-to-high 90s, um, that's hard to compete with. And opposing batters really still haven't gotten a beat on him, even after having an entire offseason of, you know, film, reports. You know, after his first full... You know, year where he stood out they still haven't been able to put it together which tells me that his mix is still you know through the roof and his catcher tony walters has actually done pretty well too um hitting over 300 this year um top 10 catcher at batting average um he's just been great so the two of them have been huge uh for the club in the bullpen brian shaw and scott oberg Um, Brian Shaw 225 ERA in 20 appearances, Oberg 212 ERA in 15 appearances, um, and they've both done an absolutely amazing job with runners on base. Brian Shaw has left 85.9% of his runners on, and Oberg is at a ridiculous 92.6%, which when I I was kind of looking at the league leaders, I was expecting him to actually be higher. He's 15th among NL relievers which is still really good considering how many relievers there are. But when I saw 92.6, I just, I figured that was, you know, through the roof. Um, but ironically, there's several guys that are at 100 still. And that's guys that have thrown 20 innings this year. I made sure to limit it to not just guys that have thrown one appearance. Um, and there's multiple guys still at 100%. So there's some really good relief pitching in the NL right now. Um but they've both been rock solid. Their only problem is they've given up, you know, they've both given up multiple home runs. Um, but if that's all you're giving up, you know, is just solo shots, stuff like that. I mean, it's it's forgivable. Bud Black has always said, I'd rather see a one-run home run than a multiple home run, run home run. Um, once he said, you know, when a pitcher allows one home run, that's one thing. But when they start to allow multiple hits and the other team just has a beat on them, that's when he starts to get worried. And that just hasn't really happened with Shaw or Oberg this year. Um, Oberg's done a great job. He's basically replaced the automatic Vino of the team. Um, and, but he also has the ability to go multiple innings like a Chris Russon, So he's kind of versatile in their pen. Um, and out of, and Shaw has just been, you know, nails when they're runners on base when it's a high leverage situation um he's just been great this year so that's kind of the guys that have really excelled this year um it's not an all-inclusive list like I said Walters has done well um Ryan Maltoppea has been doing well um but those are kind of the guys that stand out and who I think account for probably the most production on the team Now, on to players that have disappointed. Kyle Freeland, um, probably the biggest name on that list. 5'8", 4 ERA, and 8 starts. And he's allowed 9 home runs, which is tied for the most on the team. Um, and his 18 walks is also up there, second on the team to John Gray. Um, he just hasn't been able to put it together this year. He had the blister issue. Um, he, had, he said he had allergies his last start. Didn't use it as an excuse, but maybe it seemed to be a reason. Um, I know Bud Black brought it up, but he just has not been able to put it together. And a huge problem he's had is with runners on base. He's been allowing hits. He's been allowing walks. And then once those batters are, or once those hitters get on base, um, he's really struggled. He's allowed 60 points or he's only kept 60.7 uh, percent of runners on base. And that's that percentage was 82.8 last year. So that is over 20 percent swing. Um, And his career mark is 77.2. So maybe it's bad luck. Um, Maybe he's just, you know, he hasn't been able to fight through. And I know it sounds weird to think of him as not being able to fight through with kind of that bulldog mentality he has where, you know, he'll struggle early, put it together late. Um, But he just has not been able to do, you know, hasn't been able to limit uh, when runners are on base this year. His home run-to-fly ball ratio is 17.6%, and that's double what it was last year. Last year was was eight, 8.5. Um, so that's also signaling that maybe there's a little bit of bad luck um, this year. But his slider has been the problem so far. His slider is getting crushed this year. Last year it was one of his best pitches, and he just hasn't been able to utilize it. The inside fastball is still working for him. Um but once that slider goes away, that inside fastball loses some of its effectiveness. If you throw that inside fastball and then have no slider to go to, opponents can start feasting on that slider knowing that it's going to rain, you know, it's going to come in flat and it's not going to move to the outside of the zone. So they can lay off those inside fastballs um, and then just be able to focus on everything outside, just pushing everything. Um and he has had some struggles, but the worst part of the rotation this year was Tyler Anderson. Um, 11.76 ERA in five starts, eight home runs. Um, he's actually set to get a second opinion in Arizona, I believe, on that knee. Um, the injury may still be lingering. Um, it would be interesting to see kind of if that's a part of the problem because it it looks to me like it was just the fact that none of his other pitches were working. Um, He was fastball changeup. And when his changeup wasn't working, you know, a low nineties fastball just won't do it in the league anymore. Um, So that's what I kind of thought. But if that left knee inflammation is still around and there's maybe a bigger problem um, could explain some of his problems, which would actually be, you know, a good thing for the Rockies. They could really use someone to shore up the back end of the rotation um, still haven't called anyone up they still haven't had to because they have an off day today and an off day Thursday so they won't need to call anyone up for a little while still Um, so they'll just roll with that four-man rotation they just kind of they kind of got lucky they got in this stretch and I think it's good because it'll allow Hoffman to get you know one to two more starts in Albuquerque really continue this role he struck out 10 in his last two starts Um, He's really starting to put it together, so if he can continue that role and come up, hit the ground running when he gets to the majors, um, that would be great for them. As far as hitters, um, there's not a ton that have disappointed, I don't think. Um, There's a couple that have been kind of what you expected, Um, and I think the two most disappointing ones are Ian Desmond and Daniel Murphy. Um, Ian Desmond... If I was to ask someone who is who has a better batting average this year, Ian Desmond or Daniel Murphy, they would almost assuredly say Daniel Murphy. But it's Ian Desmond. Desmond is at 214 on the year. Um, his ground ball percentage is down to 40%. And it was in the 60s, his first two-year with the Rockies. So he's really starting to try to put the ball in the air a little more. Um, soft hit percentage is the lowest his career. Um, when you look at all these numbers about Desmond's season, it almost makes you laugh because he seems like he's getting so unlucky, um, that it's not even something he can control anymore. It is, it almost seems like it is purely based on luck at this point. Um, he hasn't been able to, you know, sneak those balls through the holes. He hasn't been able to sneak them into the gaps. Um, but he is hitting the ball better. So I think he could be better this year. Um... I don't know if he'll ever live up to that contract, and that's probably why people think he's doing so poorly. Um, totally get it. He's not gonna live up to the contract, but if he can start providing them with, you know, 260 production like he has throughout his career, you know, put put 20 balls on the seats this year, get on base so we can steal some bases. Um, I think that would help out a lot. That would help the team, that would help the offense, um, and that would really help the back end of their lineup um but daniel murphy 203 this year um only a 273 on base percentage those would be the worst marks in his entire career um and he's walking at a career worst rate and it's a small sample size because he got injured um so i don't think there's any reason to you know raise the raise the white flag yet but he just hasn't been as good as i think they expected him to be he's had some big hits for them Um, his bip this year, his batting average on balls in play is 198. So that's ridiculously low. That shows that he's likely going to get more luck. I believe his career BAPIP is over 300. Um, so almost hundred points less right now. So he's going to start getting more hits. That average is going to go up. I think the walk rate's a little weird because he walked so many times during his rehab assignment. And now it just, you know, it hasn't happened. He's not walking nearly as much anymore. Um, but he's hitting the ball as well as past seasons. Um, I just think that that finger injury kind of put a, you know, a wrench in his step and he hates the brace that's on his hand. He absolutely hates it. Um, he has to wear it every game, but I think that could be a part of the problem because he hates that brace. It's very uncomfortable. Um, so I'm sure that he thinks about that while he's on the mound. Overall though, the team's biggest weakness this year has been their rotation, so far this year, as an entire rotation, each of their starters have added up to a 5.55 ERA across 223 and two thirds. Um, they've thrown, you know, near the league lead in innings. Um, but they've also allowed, you know, near the league lead in earned runs, and that's just not going to work. They're at the lead right now. They've been switching with the Chicago White Sox. They've kind of been, you know, playing musical chairs for who's going to be first in that. Right now it's the Rockies at 138 earned runs. Um they just haven't been good and they haven't had a you know a starter stand out the way Kyle Freeland did last year. Marquez has been great. That 3-4-3 three, three RA. Um John Gray's at 4-2-5. If you could get those two numbers you're perfectly fine with that. But when Kyle Freeland is at a 5-8-4, Tyler Anderson at 11-7-6, um it makes it very difficult to be successful. Sensitella had another good start. Um, he's at five three five. They're, you know, I think they're going to start putting it together. But they've, as a, as a whole, they've all allowed quite a few homers this year, um, and they've also been walking quite a few people. I think, I think that maybe at times they're starting to be a little cautious because of those home runs, and I think it's actually hurt them. But I think that's something that could change throughout the year. Um, that's kind of all I have this, you know, for the first quarter, um, be sure to go back and listen to our past podcasts. Um, I have one talking about Trevor stories, you know, streak, uh, Nolan Arenado's recent run, kind of where they stack up in the award races. Um, Garrett Hampson is going to be optioned today. Pat Vileka called up in his spot. Um, have a piece about that on milehighsports.com. Um, So be sure to go read our content. Be sure to, you know, leave comments, uh, listen to the podcast, leave comments. Let us know what you think, how we could make the overall experience better. Um, And I will talk to you next time, folks.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground.